0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening or watching this show, appreciate you all for making Blue and Gold a part of your day. It is Wednesday, October 25th. I am recording this live. It is currently 8.01 p.m. Eastern Time, and you, if you're watching on YouTube, you might be thinking, where the heck is Tim Hyde? I got a text from Tim this morning. Tim said, singer, I'm going to be out. I got the flu. Then he texted me about a half hour later and said, Singer, I'm in. I'm going to tough it out. And then uh, he was a game time decision, and uh, Tim is out with the flu. I thought he was going to pull a Jordan flu game, and uh, Tim is not going to be able to be on tonight's show. Luckily, folks, luckily, folks, we will not um, be just listening to me for you know the, the duration of the show bringing on Darren Pritchett. This is Darren. Darren, you've been on the show three, or you've been on our YouTube channel three days in a row. You obviously do our Hey Horka show with Tyler on Mondays. We had you yesterday um, for the recruiting update uh, with yours truly, and uh, and you're filling in on the Notre Dame football show. You just got off the radio like an hour ago, yeah, and you're already back on uh, talking more Notre Dame football. How are you doing tonight, my friend?
1: I am doing good. I appreciate the call because I was getting tired of looking at my Mercyhurst Lakers hockey roster I'm setting for tomorrow's game against the Irish. So looking forward to chatting with you about Notre Dame football or whatever the heck we talk about tonight.
0: How about the the role reversal here? Every time me and you talk in one of these settings, it's you interviewing me. So I'm playing the host tonight. That's why I'm on the left side of the screen. Um, and you get that side of it. So, folks, if you're watching on YouTube, of course, please hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel for more content. Um, and uh, if you're listening via podcast and you like our shows, please leave us a kind review, um, especially Apple. Um, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, that would very much help. Domerwop says Darren is the man. And he also says, just wondering, why is Brian Kelly on the show, uh, our, our little title here? Uh, we'll get to that. And, and I will answer your question right away. Because even if you guys say you want us to stop talking about Brian Kelly, the numbers say otherwise, and we like to talk about what you guys want to hear. So you guys say one thing, but people love love it. I'm just gonna. I'm I'm just saying that might not be a, a, a you know I might get some hate messages for that, but I'm just saying you. The numbers are the numbers, um, and um, and yeah. So Darren, I'm the kind of guy who no matter what the temperature is, you're most likely finding me in shorts. That's, that's just me. And when I'm out and about, I'm wearing my bird dog shorts. And, it, the, 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 and a great thing about bird dogs, Darren, is they got a lot more um, than just shorts. You got some um, some nice uh, sweatpants that I have from them, bird dogs. Um, you got slim fit, comfortable, flexible, um, stretchy shorts um, that you can rock. Um, and they got really good pants as well. Stuff's all comfortable, fits really well, um, and, and their polos will improve your wardrobe. I I might just wear bird dogs inside Notre Dame Stadium um, this weekend as well. Um, so if you guys see me, say, hey, Mike, you're looking good in your bird dogs. You're going to want to check out today's sponsor, and of course it is bird dogs, their stuff just fits. Bagel, ooh, excuse me, it fits better than the regular stuff you might be wearing, which is made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Go to birddogs.com/bgi or just enter the promo code uh, BGI for a Hydro Flask style water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com/bgi or promo code BGI. And that gets you a free hydro Flask style water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. That's a promise from your boy Mike Singer. All right, let's talk about bull season. Excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah. Postseason bull projections, Tim. <laughs> Every Tuesday I write this article. It's a newsstand. What are you laughing about already, Tim? Or did I just call you Tim twice, Darren? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like I've been doing a show with a a guy every single week on a Wednesday night for two years, and I call you Tim twice. All right. I also wasn't looking at the screen, so I'm looking at you, Derek. Okay. I've called you worse than Tim.
1: Yes, you have. There's no doubt about it. And and Tim sent me the script. Just whatever Mike says says he's brilliant and great. So I'm just I'm just following along. So go ahead.
0: So I wrote this article Tuesday morning. It's a newsstand. Um, Notre Dame bowl projections after week eight. None of the bowl projections that I, I found had Notre Dame in a New York Six Bowl, which is very much, very much on the table. Notre Dame wins out. you got to think one of those New York Six Bowls is going to want the Fighting Irish. CBS Sports has Notre Dame playing Kansas. In the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Now, folks, <laughs> they are bowl projections with four games left. We get it. We get it. There's so much to be determined. Boy, can you think about the Pop-Tarts Bowl playing Kansas? This was previously the Camping World Bowl. Sporting News projects Notre Dame to face off against Utah in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Utah would actually be a pretty good game, though, but... I don't know about the holiday bowl. I'm not too fired up about that one. And then you get to ESPN's two projections Darren. Okay. By the right name there. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Florida and the Gator bowl. Okay. So back to back years in the Gator bowl, it was Gator bowl last year against South Carolina, right? Yeah. 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 And then how about the LSU Tigers and the Relia quest bowl, the bowl name sponsorship stuff just really ticks me off. That's a different discussion for a different day. But I I asked the question to you, and I asked this to our message board. I'll pop this up on the screen. I asked, "What would you guys think about a Notre Dame versus LSU bowl game?" Forty percent of the votes said love it. Eleven percent said like it. Nineteen percent indifferent. Fifty or excuse me, nine or twenty percent don't like it. Five percent despise it, and then four point three percent said Ken Rockney, which is. A long time, you know, blue and gold inside joke. So, <laughs> a little over half are at least liking it. So, I will ask the YouTube live chat for watching back on YouTube. You guys, let me know what you would think about a Notre Dame LSU bowl game there. And I've been talking for a while here. I will throw it to you. How would you feel about that matchup?
1: Well, from a media standpoint. You mm. and I doing these type go. of things or having a radio show in South Bend, I want the Bayou Bengals. Mm. Hands down. Let me say this. First off, and I truly mean this, one of my favorite people that I've run across in my 25 years working here in South Bend is Mike Brian
0: Kelly. Brian Kelly.
1: Mike Denbrock is one of the great guys you'll run across. I wish yes. all of the fans out there could spend five minutes with him because he's a beauty and have the chance to talk to him again. I would love that. Second of all, I mean, come on. The drama that comes yeah. with D.K., we can compare cafeterias. We can maybe ask him the name of his chef. Maybe that chef has a twin. Bring him to South Bend because obviously that made his football program so much better at LSU. That cafeteria has gotten that chef. So bring on LSU from a maybe a football fan perspective. I still think that's a fascinating game because with the way Al Golden's defense has played this year – taking on that offense with Logan Diggs at running back. Mike, I I just think there are some great football drama to build out, even away from BK. I think it's a great opportunity for Jared Parker to put up some big offensive numbers against an LSU defense that can't stop anybody right now. So media standpoint, it's LSU. From a fan standpoint, I think LSU goes in a group of three or
0: four teams. I would love to see Notre Dame play. So LSU lost the season opener against Florida State, 45-24, beat Grambling State 72-10, blew out Mississippi State on the road, beat Arkansas by three at home, lost to Ole Miss in a fun shootout on the road, uh, beat Missouri on the road by ten. Missouri's a pretty decent team this year. Blew out Auburn at home, and then uh, blew out Army um, at home. This weekend they have – at Alabama versus Florida, and then you know, obviously the 11th, and then Georgia State and Texas A&M to wrap up the season. So um, Brian Kelly's Bengals currently um, at, at six and two. Um,
1: do, you, do you think that Tigers? Read, yeah, Tigers. Go ahead. The poll you just read. I know I hate to speak for people, but do you think a big reason why a lot of people don't want to see that game is the fact they might lose to LSU? i that. All right.
0: One thing, I, I think when people are like, no, I don't want that, I want an NY6 Bowl, and I don't think – Yes, obviously, folks, New Year's Six Bowl is absolutely – Yes, we all want a New Year's Six Bowl. I'll take New Year's Six. Now, if it's against like an Air Force rather Thank than you. like a camping world bowl against LSU, that's a different discussion. There you go. But then you win the big bowl game, but no one's really going to give you credit for Like in, in terms of the Twitter sphere, but you can't really base it. On- a whole lot off the Twitter sphere but when you play an Air Force it's like kind of like a lose-lose you beat them good job Notre in. Dame you lose you're a stock um so yeah that's kind of where I'm at with that um but in in terms of the content oh hell yeah Darren <laughs> absolutely right and then like going through this right let's let's go back to the bull projections Notre Dame versus LSU or Notre Dame versus Kansas? Oh. Notre Dame versus Utah. Notre Dame versus Florida? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in for that. Utah's fine. That's a, It's a nice win, but, dude, don't you want to go beat LSU again? Now, would, would you like, like Notre Dame-Bama? Yeah, I'd probably take Bama over LSU. You know, if we're talking, you know, just teams you would like to see Notre Dame play. Um, but if you're going to ask me, would you like to see Notre Dame play LSU in the bowl game from a media guy, it's hell to the S I think it, as a college football fan, that's fascinating. Um, I would love Bama as well. Um, you know, w- w- with, Tommy Reese, that would be fun. Um, Texas would be fun. You know, there's a lot of fun games out there, but yeah, I'm saying yes to LSU.
1: So when you're saying Alabama, are you saying that from the standpoint as a media member or as a fan wanting to see the two teams play? Because I think there's a big difference in the answer.
0: I think it's both. Do you? Because Yeah, I want Notre Dame to go beat Alabama. How sick would that be? If they lose, I mean, how many more times can they lose to Bama? I mean, they lose to Bama all the time, you know. Not all of the time, you know. But now you can go beat them? It sounds like a win-win to me. Sounds great.
1: I hate to go down this road. Okay. But Jared
0: Parker against a Nick Saban defense. The Jared Parker talk because we're going to talk about him in a bit. Okay. All right. You're not, a, man, not. But you not see where point. I'm going there. I see where you're going. What? You can get embarrassed. Final
1: exam for the 23 season, and that is one
0: heck of a final exam. But, but compared to what? Playing what? You just want to beat somebody right. easily to get a pat on the back 10 win season or something like that? No. Yeah. I, I like, listen, if we're all going to kind of agree that. These bowl games, if you're not in the New York Six Bowl, you could even argue the New York Six Bowls don't mean a whole lot. If you're in one of these Next. Camping World bowls, which Camping World doesn't even exist anymore, you guys get it. The Tim, or uh, damn it. All right, <laughs> drinking game. Every time Mike calls him, Tim, you take a drink. Please don't do that. Tyler, it's okay, warm? no problem. <laughs> you guys will be drunk 20 minutes into the show. I'm, ser- I'm joking. Um, what was I just saying? Okay, if we're all Okay, when I grew up, I watched every single bowl game. I remember December 19th. I am watching Utah State in, you know, Tulane. I'm watching every single bowl game. It is life. Now, you know, they just don't get me fired up. I just think that the bowl games aren't what they are. So if you're if Notre Dame's gonna play in a a lesser bowl game, might as well just give me the best shot. I don't want no. Yeah, you beat seven and five South Carolina team. Doesn't do anything for me. Um, but that's kind of my point. Like if you're gonna go, you know, if we're gonna go bowls, play somebody big. Utah is like no. fine, but I, I want I want SEC. Uh super chat here. Alex says, is ten and two and missing a New Year's six bowl actually possible? As wow. Kevin Garnett once said, anything is possible, but I doubt it. I, I think they will. They'll, um, they would make it
1: let me let me throw this at you because a good friend of mine who's a diehard Notre Dame fan for some of you out there maybe you know him he's Tim Murray he's the host of one of the VEASAN shows the sports wagering network and we've become good friends he's on my show every week and he said according to the people he's talked to in the industry Notre Dame pretty much has to finish in the top 10 to make a New Year's Six Bowl game okay. and Notre Dame really needs for no upsets In the conference championship games, ideally, the four conference champs take the four spots for the playoffs. So you don't want to see you want to see chalk basically in the conference championship games. According to his sources, that gives Notre Dame the best chance.
0: So according to this guy's sources, the answer to Alex's question is, yes, it is possible. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. So there you go. Never been like a big uh, bull guy in terms of like knowing what exactly will happen. I'm just like, just just let me know when the alert goes out. I, I, trying to figure those bull projections out is difficult. I'll just hear it when it goes out.
1: I, I saw one of your commenters mention about Alabama's offense is as putrid as Notre Dame's. Can I just say something really quick on that, if you don't no, mind? No, no, My My fiance is a diehard Alabama fan. Okay. So I've watched every Alabama game the last four years, and I've joked with her, she listens to my Chevrolet because she's actually in another state right now, that she was the smartest Tommy Reese, Tyler Buckner, Alabama fan in the country because she's listened to me talk about them for the last couple of years. Tommy Reese does not have Sam Hartman at quarterback. Can we start right there? Milrow is not a guy that throws the football well. He throws the deep ball well, but I don't think he sees the field well. So he's dealing with a quarterback that he inherited that doesn't have the abilities of Sam Hartman. The offensive line is a mess. The running game is still pretty good. Now, I'm not saying poor, poor Tommy because, as you know, my, they recruit as good as anybody in the country. But I know Tommy takes a lot of garbage down there, and some of it he deserves. He should run Milrow more because that's his number one asset. I wouldn't call Alabama's offense putrid like Notre Dame's because Sam Hartman's a pretty good place to start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> Fiance, a diehard Alabama fan. Hmm. She listens to all yeah. your shows, though. That's pretty cool.
1: So, yes, yeah, she knew everything about Tom Maurice. When she found out he was the offensive corner, she did this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dropped her head.
1: So, she, so now the rest of the Alabama fan base feels – some of our fan base is paying
0: now. <laughs> so if you are just joining us at, or if you haven't done so yet, hit the thumbs up on this video. If you're, uh, you know, I think you just need to be logged in with a Gmail or you make a YouTube account. Um, it really helps support uh, what we're doing here at Blue and Gold um, for the algorithm, uh, basically. And uh, subscribe, of course, you don't miss any of our content. That is 100% free. Um, so the best thing, about my days here lately are waking up and whenever I can, as soon as I can get on Twitter and just see what new things are going to unfold in the Michigan sign stealing drama. I feel like, I feel like a kid at Christmas, but I'm getting overwhelmed with so many gifts. I don't know what to do. Darren, I (laughs) like to pop up visuals on our YouTube show pop up some tweets talking about it, whatever. I have nothing to pop up because there's so many things. Every few minutes, there's something new happening with Connor the sign-stealing stallion. (laughs) I don't know what to pop up on the screen, Darren. I don't. There's, I don't eat like, I could read you guys. It's eight twenty p.m. Eastern Time. I could read you guys every single thing that's happened. And then if you're watching back, or you know, listen to this on podcast, something new would happen. No, something new would come out. I, I listen. I am not loving the Michigan football program. Can I just say that without getting in trouble? I got a big Michigan fan who's a who's who's a buddy of mine. Um, you know. And uh, 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 yeah. Let's just say he doesn't love me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, what is your reaction to all of this? Where do you land? Because I saw Colin Cowherd. Oh, um, yeah. He's talk about made. this is not a big deal and all that. Like, where do you land on that? You heard Deion Sanders comments, even Matt Rule at Nebraska. Like, where do you land on on some of that stuff?
1: Before I give my opinion, let me just say this. We're hearing one side of the story at this point, and it's heavily filled with evidence to show that they're guilty. Michigan has to stay quiet. So I'm going to try to be fair and say I'd like to hear their side of the story, but it's probably not going to matter. They're guilty. Mm. I think, first off, Mike, that... The fact that this is possible seems just kind of ridiculous because with the technology, we can put all these speakers in the quarterback and defensive captain's ears and just send in the play that way. So rather than having all these signs that we hold up, we could be just like the NFL and some high school teams. So I feel like we're
0: behind the times. Do you it just said high like school? Teams. What's that? You just said high school teams, huh? Like high yeah. school teams are doing this.
1: I heard a coach talk about it. Yeah. It was really real Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think with all the problems we have in the NCAA, the fact that this is a rule feels kind of silly in a way. But I also understand why it is a rule. If it is a rule, then it is something that is punishable. But I've read they don't know really what the punishment is because there's no precedent for this. I am just going to be fascinated to see. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a college football playoff selection committee member. How does this factor into your vote? Because if they are truly breaking rules to break the code using video to steal signs and figure out what they are, then that is a major advantage. If you are sitting across the field from them and you figure it out, Mike, that's fine. Right? We'll agree. That's yeah. fair game. We always wondered about Brent Venables at Clemson. Was he stealing signs? That was a debate when Notre Dame played them. But, Mike this is a major advantage the videotaping if the if the picture we see is true and not doctored that the stallion guys play sheet had the the signals of the coach in the ohio state game and we see the video of him talking to the defensive coordinator when ohio state makes a change that's a major major advantage and I grew up in Big Ten country, grew up an hour and a half from the University of Illinois, so I feel about Michigan the same way every Notre Dame fan does. I'm not picking on them. I would say this if this was Kansas State or Vanderbilt or Notre Dame, Mike, to be honest with you. You can't do it. It's an advantage. And if all this is true, I think there's really a a conversation that needs to be had if they are a true playoff team based on what has happened.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. If
1: true, if true, I mean, if you're would, a voter, how yeah. do you how do you look at them at this point?
0: Yeah, their 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 hands might be forced if the NCAA says you know if there's a postseason bowl ban, or if the NCAA says, hey, you know, we're we we do not find this that serious, then I think the playoff committee will kind of just go based on what the NCAA kind of says about this. But when is you know when are we going to have something from the NCAA side of thing? It's crazy, Darren. Have you seen like message board posters have been talking about this for months? Have you have you seen that?
1: Yes, and I will say I have a very very good source that says recommends to the media go back and check at some of his other stops, including the NFL. For what it's
0: worth, the sign stealing stallion? No, horrible. And what? Ooh. <laughs> I'm just
1: saying – just just what i was told by someone that who knows a lot so
0: okay okay we'll see i agree with you in the it's a it's a it's a big advantage i don't know why people are saying it's not um it just it just is and i understand i think howard actually kind of explained this well that some of the stuff and like why these rules were implemented was kind of outdated but the fact of the matter Is blatant, kind of nasty cheating, man. It it really is like what Michigan does. If this stuff is true, and I wholeheartedly believe it is, it is just, it's disgusting to me.
1: If this is true, and if it's true, it's been going on for three years. He's thirty three and three.
0: Mm. And when they weren't doing it during that COVID season, you remember that COVID season for Michigan, two and four. Hmm.
1: I think it's going to be a heck of a debate. They've got to get this finalized, what they're going to do before we get to December 1st because this this is a game changer for a lot of teams the last couple of years. And have they played the competition this year that they really need to do this? No. Oh, no, UNLV. <laughs> hey, they're a bowl team. so.
0: Um, yeah, and he hasn't lost to Ohio State since this supposedly started. I don't know. I don't know. You know, my favorite thing about this, among among others, is that the sign Stealing Stallion got suspended with pay, as <laughs> I posted on our message board. What are they going to spend him without pay? He's the fall guy. You know, I don't think he's some. Maybe he has the brains behind the operation, but still, every like the staff seems like it was very complicit. And uh, I am not judge jury on this. I'm just, you know, the Notre Dame media guy who's enjoying this. But those coaches were involved, in my opinion, from and what then, I
1: been And I haven't heard this, and I like to hear it rather than read it, because, you know, context. But our old friend Brady Quinn came out on a radio show, on his, his national show, and said, this is happening all across the country. This isn't just Michigan. So that opens up a big old... Pandora's box. So, <laughs> I mean, it's the Astros all over again. It feels like. Yeah. So. Wow. I don't know. I, it's. If, but I, it, it's it's we talked it's about this.
0: We talked about this with Goolsby. Like, I would be surprised if Notre Dame was doing this. But it's just like a nice thing that, like, a reminder that you know what Notre Dame runs a good, clean program. Maybe some of you are like, I don't care, you ain't cheating, you're not trying. I mean, Notre Dame football is my life. If, when they when they lose a game, I, I cry myself to sleep for a week straight. But like, that's I think something you like about Notre Dame for most of us is like they are they they run a good, clean program. The graduation rates, you know, the academic standards, like. At the end of the day, football is entertainment, um, and 4 for 40 is real. You talk to Notre Dame grads, 4 for 40 is very much real. Um, So football is not life, and Notre Dame players do well after they graduate and are done playing football. So that's kind of my last thought on this. Anything else, Darren?
1: I'm just waiting for
0: Jim Jim Harbour to actually talk,
1: because this poor, poor piddle for me that they're picking on us because we're good now. Mike? Let me ask you this really quick. Remember Jim Harbaugh suspended himself for three games at the start of the year, correct? Mm-hmm. So Mike Singer, let's say you got accused of something and they told you you can't be on the Notre Dame football show. But you're like, I'm innocent. I did not do it. But you know what? Just because I'll just suspend myself for three games or three shows, even though I'm innocent. Do you suspend yourself if you're innocent, if you're Jim Harbaugh? I don't think so. So they're probably not all just picking on him because they're winning now, right? mm Aha. There you go. Just saying.
0: All right. Got an awesome sponsor here. Uh, we're gonna hear from Barb Stevenson, who's one of one of our more unique sponsors. Like, this is what what she is doing, you're just not gonna find elsewhere. Um, So, folks, if you are looking for that perfect holiday gift for the Notre Dame fan in your life or even yourself, Barb Stevenson Art is your premier designation for stunning pen and ink limited edition prints of the University of Notre Dame, of course. Um, South Bend's own award-winning artist, Barb Stevenson, skillfully captures the essence and beauty of Notre Dame's campus through her intricate pen and ink prints which she meticulously enhances with hand-painted metallic gold accents, making each print unique and one-of-a-kind. And now she's added two outstanding works to her fabulous collection of limited edition prints, all of which she's offering to our listeners and YouTube viewers here at Blue and Gold. So folks watching on podcast, we have this really neat collage. You uh, got Touchdown Jesus, the Grotto, some, um, uh, some icons of Notre Dame's campus, um, and then the other prints. Um, the Shining Golden Dome. Um, so, some really awesome stuff. And to purchase, or if you're listening via podcast or you're watching YouTube, you want to view more of her stuff and visit her website. It's barbstephenson.com. That's B A R B S T E P H E N S O N.com. Or give her a call, 574 210 8388. Order now for the holidays and receive free shipping anywhere in the continental united states um she's also got uh, another really neat shot um or or print of the uh the golden dome um you got the mendoza um you know collage there um you know (laughs) i mean guys just some seriously unique stuff i love the shot of the grotto um so um so yeah i say i keep saying shot i mean this is all this is all barb stevenson in her artwork so please check her out barb stevenson .com. Okay, now we're gonna to go to my bread and butter, talk a little bit of recruiting, Darren. We're gonna th- like big picture Notre Dame. And the recruiting rankings are not the be-all end all, Darren. But I always tell people if you just want to see the basics of recruiting and how things are going, recruiting rankings, it's a it's a good, ba- it's a very good baseline, not the be all end all. Notre Dame signs a three-star. It's not the end of the world. A lot of players or a lot of schools sign three-stars. But i throw something at you, Darren. Okay. How about Notre Dame currently has a number seven class, according to the 2024 on three industry ranking? That's not bad. Their 2023 class, which is really good. Think about all those true freshmen playing right now for Notre Dame. That was the number 10 class. Notre Dame's currently got the number seven class um it's actually a lower score from last year's though which is interesting uh the last year's score which is let me try to explain this real quick so cam williams has a on three industry rating of 96.48 that's you know you have all the different recruiting websites in their rankings that spits out the the ranking the rating after the industry uh or, or you know the on three industry formula or whatever so the, the the industry team ranking, what it does is it takes a rolling average of how many commitments a power five school the power five schools have, which is right now is seventeen. Just just stay with me, Darren. Let me know if I'm not making sense. Okay. So Notre Dame's average rating per recruit of the top 17 is ninety-one point six two. Okay. It's it's, per, it's pretty darn good. That's that's seventh best in the country. That's basically what that means. So last year it was ninety two point zero six, which does make you believe if Notre Dame holds at a ninety one point six two, it might be difficult for them to end up in the top ten just based on where other schools are at. But also that might not be what it is because twenty twenty two class Notre Dame, um, I think finished number six, and their class score wasn't that great it was just the the top 3 schools in the country cleaned house and their score was so much higher um that they they just took a bunch of the five star recruits. Um does that make sense am i am i making sense so far Darren? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So regardless, Notre Dame's currently at number 7 in the country. That would be if this holds, just say they signed the number 10 class. 3 straight years of Notre Dame signing top 10 recruiting classes that hasn't been done since I believe it's 06 to 08. Um, that's a, that's a hot minute. Brian Kelly never did this. And you're going to tell me Marcus Freeman's going to do it in his first
1: <laughs>
0: three recruiting classes. And yes, I'm giving him the, um, the, the credit for the 2022 class because Kelly didn't really do a whole lot. Um, so Kelly only signed back to back top 10 classes once in 10 years at Notre Dame or you know, 11 years at Notre Dame. So if we're going to talk again, not the be all end all these recruiting rankings, Darren, but that, that sounds pretty good. Right. Promising. Promising. Then
1: you yeah. mold them, you sculpture them and you make the message clear with clarity. And then they go out and execute and you win a lot of ball games. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that I, was doing a, a show or video or something. And I went to the team industry rankings. I thought Notre Dame was going to have fallen out of the top 10 or something. When Gerby Lambert committed to the Irish in late September, big time offense tackle from Massachusetts, Notre Dame jumped from 14 to eight. And I had, well, Notre Dame has landed a commitment in 2024 since then figured some schools to pass them up. Notre Dame actually moved up a spot. Not too bad. You know, Cam Williams got a bump up. He's a five star per the industry ranking um you know some players have been moving up um so like yeah how about Notre Dame number 7 class in the country right now now the number 6 school um above them which is uh Texas A&M has a decent lead on Notre Dame and then Oregon, Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma are right behind Notre Dame I mean they're they're tight so Notre Dame is the mar- the margin of 7 to 11 or something it's not it's pretty small but still um hey you like it, uh, promising, like you said, Darren. Promising. I want to address this, uh, uh, Andrew. We're going to get to your super chat in a minute. Jason says Mike is the face of on three bad rankings. I mean, I don't really do any of the rankings, but I just want to throw this out there. You're probably thinking, Jason, CJ Carr. Yeah, right. And I'm with you. I don't. I don't agree with the CJ Carr ranking. But let me, I just. I just want to ask. For Deuce Knight. When so on three, do you do you hate on three's rankings when they have Notre Dame's other quarterback commit? Ranked, you know, the number 29 overall player for quarterback compared to 24-7, 202, and number 10 quarterback. So all I ask, Carl, is you know, you be fair and you give 24-7 the same crap you give me. Uh, because I don't know if you guys do. That's all I'm saying on the recruiting. I could get fired up talking about these things well, because you guys think that they, how dare you rank my players lower than they should be. um, But guys, like they're, they're just well, recruiting rankings. You know, like we can't, we can't, can't get too, too, too upset. It's just recruiting rankings, find baseline. These things average out. That's why we like the industry rating because it averages the, the it's just, it's just opinions. Um, at the end of the day. So um, you guys, if you you guys don't like on three's ratings, then I guess you don't like Deuce Knight because he's ranked very high according on three. I'm just going to
1: say two things really quick. Number one, I'm not on Mike's payroll. I'm not in his will. But I do know as a fact, since we've worked together for a good number of years, that if there are players that you are following in the recruiting process that are committed to Notre Dame that you will go to bat and say to the on three top of the line recruiting people, I think you have this wrong. And here is why. And you lay out why you believe that Joe Smith, a three-star linebacker, you believe he should be a four-star. You will go to bat and see if you can convince them. In fact, CBA is that his initials, the linebacker?
0: Kingston KBA.
1: Yes. Wasn't that one of the guys you said, Hey, I think you guys need to reevaluate it. So you do what you can in offering your input, and so I appreciate the fact you're willing to say, "Hey, guys, I think you need to evaluate this." So I want Irish fans to know you don't just settle on some of these choices. If you think there's a mistake, you go after it as best you can. Yeah, and number this, this two, the
0: thing. it's like I understand the rankings. I did not see myself get on a rankings discussion. Sorry, just no, no, it was me. I, 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 I queued up the comment. I disagree with a lot of these things as much as you guys do. It's it's just the, Andre hates Notre. It's just like see got it. At the end of the day, it's the subjective opinions. Jamarcus Russell went number one overall because NFL scouts and coaches and GM thought that that was right, and that didn't work out, did it? I mean, think about all the, it's their opinions. At the end of the day, but anyways, um, well,
1: the number five pick in last spring's NFL draft, Devin Witherspoon. He was a zero star. He was five, eight, 143 pounds, and he went to Illinois. He was the only school that offered him. And, you know, he turned himself into a good football player. So credit to players, sometimes they make themselves better along the way. And it looks foolish at the end of the day. How can this guy be a zero star? Well, he was 142 pounds leaving high
0: school. Yeah. Uh, $5 to Andrew. Thank you. He says, Mike and Darren, thoughts on Merriweather being listed as backup? I mean, he is at this point. So... Uh, I, my thoughts, I'm surprised Notre Dame updated their depth chart because, um, they usually don't do that. Um, significant or will he see a bunch of snaps anyway? I'll pull up the snapchat, the snap counts, Darren, um, and, and read them to you guys. Um, it was not a lot last week. So maybe something's changed during the bye week but he's not, he's not playing a lot. Um, I mean, I got, he didn't play, hold on, Merriweather.
1: I think it's 25 16. snaps against Duke, I want to say. A couple of, or is it Louisville? One of the two. I can't so remember. 16 before.
0: against USC, 25 against Louisville. And Thank that's you. down from 63 against Duke when, you know, I mean, yeah, Notre Dame had no one available um, at the receiver position. Um, so, um, yeah, snaps are are going down. I still really think Tobias Merriweather can be a great talent at, at Notre Dame, uh, but it, it, it's just not clicking right now for him.
1: I appreciate the fact that Jared Parker and Chancey Stuckey are not staying with the status quo. I agree with you. I think Tobias has great potential, but due to inconsistencies and people getting healthy, Mike, I think they're trying to find something different because I'll just put it this way. I felt like, Mike, when Sam Hartman came to South Bend, he was the potion to take care of the disease that had been teams loading up the box to take away the run because they weren't scared of Notre Dame throwing the football. And unfortunately, due to some schematics and due to some strategy and due to some execution, we're kind of right back in that spot. We've made Sam Hartman look normal, and I can't believe that's happened. So, Mike, they've got to do something at the wide receiver position because if you're going to loosen up a defense, what's one way of doing it? deep shots like Milrow. Yeah. That's the one thing he can do at Alabama. He can throw the deep ball. They've got to figure out a way to loosen up defenses or teams are going to play copycat and just keep doing the same thing, Mike. I mean, you got to switch up the wide receivers to try to give yourself the best chance to make plays in the passing game or Ardrick Estime is going to
0: see eight, nine hats in the box nonstop. It's not ju- like everyone's talking about the deep ball. It's not just the- it's Anything down the field, any, like Fair, 10 yes. yard, like anything really in the passing game. If they're taking away the run game, you just gotta be able to throw the ball. Deep shots, yes. hell, bubbles, screens, yes, hits, curls, digs, anything. Hey, give me anything. Um, yeah, slant. Anything. So that's uh that's but yeah. Um I think it's significant again. You don't see depth charts change much during the football season no at all hell even injured guys will leave them on there like so I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting coming out of the bye week um did not I see mean, Notre Dame doing that
1: it so it was happening to DeP- Tobias already but it just kind of looks more official since it's on paper
0: yeah yeah uh Ian says odds Kingston flips to Bama saw Woodyard pushing hard <laughs> uh yeah I, I mean I just looked at Peyton Woodyard's Twitter and didn't even see anything I would be stunned. Uh, I, I think if he's going to, f- if Kingston were to flip, I would imagine it would be like a close to home thing. He went to Notre Dame for USC and Ohio state games. I, I, I don't think Kingston's going anywhere. I, I'll ask around for you, but I, I don't, I, I have no odds for you. I just don't see it it happening, but stranger things have happened in recruiting, but do not see that happening. What's up, Darren? Just what you
1: said. I, I One of my first experiences in town was C.J. Lux, who was the guy that Bob Davie got to be the quarterback. And on National Signing Day, he flipped to Wake Forest, and yeah. that's when I learned your statement to be true.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, I remember on Signing Day a couple years ago, Ron Paul signed on scholarship. They Notre Dame just kind of announced yeah. it, and they we're like, huh? I liked some like. Somewhat, Notre Dame were like, "Yeah, this is kind of to be expected." And yeah, great pickup for Notre. Dame. I'm like, "What? What? what oh, no one's talked about Ron Paul signing for Notre Dame ever. You know, like, it took me by surprise. I I thought he would end up at Notre Dame. I didn't think he'd take him as a scholarship. Um, But uh it, there's just there's always something, always something. I, I so, wish you okay.
1: could have been. Here when, again, this is right when I first started, and I apologize. I don't remember exact details, but many of your your uh, listeners and also the people who read your stuff will remember. But Bob Davey brought in like six quarterbacks into class once. And one ended up being a safety and one up being a wide receiver. Another guy transferred. I mean, it was – and then he had a year he did not have an offensive lineman in his recruiting class. Can you imagine?
0: True story. No, True story. I really can't. Nowadays, I can't imagine you know Notre Dame not signing four off until I'm in a class. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ian, Andrew, guys, appreciate this, the super chats. Um, so, let's hear from uh, our sponsors, Rogue Shop. Um, the husband and wife outfit as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shaw, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch Sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves to do everything by hand. Check them out, RogueShop.com. R O G U E Shop.com. They sell CBD, THC edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Check out RogueShop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, uh, if you have anxiety, stress issues. Head to the website. You can, you know hop in the chat function feature if you want to talk to mr rogue and char and if you do uh, purchase anything make sure you use the promo code blue and gold uh for 10 percent off your order after you check out um so uh use that promo code um blue and gold uh alex appreciate the two dollar super chats um <laughs> we, we don't talk about uh you know that that's none of your business basically uh, i don't know how else to say that but i i really do appreciate the support i will say it, it, you guys support us with with your super chats but as I always say you guys don't have to do super chats but if you want to guarantee we, we're going to talk about something um or at least address it quickly you know super chats way to go
1: do i look like i'm in a cigar lounge tonight I, you know i see it this i is kind the of main it. i got a hockey game going on here i've got hockey notes so yeah i mean I didn't know it was a cigar lounge, but okay. I guess it's the third Saturday in October, Tennessee, Alabama last week. So light up the cigar. Let's go.
0: There you go. All right. Uh, so I was watching your show with uh, Tyler Horka on Monday afternoon, an Aero fan who, uh, if you're watching this show, Aerofan, make sure you say hello. Um, great great friend of blue and gold he says is there anything jared parker so again you guys talked about this in your show and i wanted to bring it up sure for this audience is there anything jared parker can show in the last five games so that's of course the regular season and the bowl game to prove he is qualified to be the notre dame offense coordinator is it possible he gets demoted or is the only way out to fire him um What did uh what's your take on this? What, what did you and, and Tyler talk about on Monday with this?
1: We actually never got to the second part of that question, oddly enough. We, we just kind of took care of the first part. You know, Mike, the last five games, I look at it this way, and again, I hate to speak for Irish fans, but we hear the perception from Irish fans of what they think of Jared Parker, and it's pretty consistent. There's a lot of frustration. So to me, the next five games, he can earn the trust back of the Irish fans. Because, Mike, at the end of the day, here's what I don't want to have happen. this is what I said to Tyler when he talked about this. Notre Dame is at Texas A&M the first game of next year on August the 31st. I do not want on September the 2nd on Hey Horka Monday at 3 Eastern time on that Monday after the game. We're talking about how the offense struggle with whoever is at quarterback. You've got a brand new probably left tackle, probably new starting running backs. It's going to look different. So you're really banking on your offensive coordinator to give your new starters the best chance to not only win a national championship, but that day win that football game. And if we're having a discussion about how the players weren't ready like we heard against Louisville or you saw a loaded box and Notre Dame couldn't defeat it, Then we should have a conversation about is this the guy that can help them win a national championship? At the end of the day, Mike, that's what this is all about. And I just think the next five games he can prove to Marcus and everybody else, he's the guy he can raise his level of his game because he is learning on the fly. And hopefully we're not having that discussion I just mentioned after the Texas A.M. game because, Mike, isn't it fair to say for a first-time offensive coordinator to have a six-year starting quarterback is a nice luxury. He, he knows a lot of things, and he had to yeah. learn a lot here. But next year, if it's Steve Angeli or if it's a young quarterback or if it's a grad transfer, you really need that offensive coordinator to be the guy having everybody ready to go, and you just hope that's the case. And I think right now, after that Louisville game, everybody is a little uneasy If that's going to happen against the best competition. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was long-winded.
0: Yeah. You you look at this, like I've been, I've been reading this a lot. Like it's a, it's very complicated yet. Very, very simple kind of answers here. Is there anything Jared Parker can show in the last five games to prove he is qualified? If I box. if I say yes, am I like, confirming that I don't think he's qualified right now <laughs> because at the end of the day Marcus Freeman determined he's qualified. like that's Marcus Freeman hired him. Jack Swobik signed off on it, I'm sure like that. So Marcus Freeman thinks he's qualified. that's really all that matters, which is kind of what goes into your second point like if Marcus Freeman deems that he's no longer qualified you know basically then he will either get demoted or or he'll get fired like that's 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 just it can he like if Notre Dame just goes on a tear and they figure things out the last five games of the season then he can show that he's maybe the dude for next year but if it stinks then you gotta think he's on the hot seat like that's kind of where I'm at with it can I take this question and tweak it a bit for you
1: okay go ahead based on and there's a lot of rumors, so I'm not going to get into that. But based on the offensive coordinator hiring process last offseason, are you confident that even if Marcus wanted to make a change, he would be able to get or the university would get the high-priced upgrade that he would think he would need if he went that direction? I have no idea. <laughs> I yeah, that's know. part of it, though. I don't know. Do you, you know? Can't make a neutral choice. I mean, you can't just. I don't know. Be a home run. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know the answer to that question? No, I don't. It's yeah, I don't know.
0: If I knew the facts of the whole Ludwig thing, maybe I could answer it better. But yeah, yeah that's that right. That's part of it. I will I will throw out there since I've been covering Notre Dame. Yep. First season was 2019. Notre Dame's had three offensive coordinators um chip long got ran out of town after the michigan debacle right you know
1: fair, basically
0: yeah. right And okay. you guys were all off on chip long our youtube chats didn't love tommy reese last year get tommy reese out of town and now it's jared parker just get, run every offensive coordinator out of town well i mean if i were offensive coordinator I'd get ran out of town if our lord and savior You know, was the offensive coordinator? He would get probably get ran out of town. That that's kind of my thing, is you know, just being a college football fan for so long, NFL fan in the and now in the media for the you know for the past decade, like the offensive coordinators just always get blamed. Yeah, and like play calling, I'll go back to the uh, the reverse. Was it? I was thinking it was a USC game to um, to Jordan Faison. Faison. Remember that reverse? Loved it. You know, first first down. Loved it. Right. If that play didn't work, what are we saying? Why the hell is Jared Parker running a reverse to a walk on true freshman? What I mean, what the hell are you doing? Run run Audrey Estime at the gut, right? And then what? I, but it worked. So that, it, it's it. I just think it's tough to be too critical of court that. I'm going to get slammed for that. I understand. But that's kind of where I land on. There are schematics that need to get better. But Mike,
1: wouldn't Jared Parker's job be a heck of a lot easier if wide receivers were consistently getting
0: separation? So that's why I felt like if you're going to criticize Tommy Reese for some of the offensive things, he was the coordinator. I mean, he was the coordinator, right? If you're going to criticize the quarterback play, he recruited the quarterbacks. I mean, Jared Parker, I mean, this is his first year as a coordinator. I mean, you can't really put a whole lot of personnel blame on him. Um, so let's, let's see. I mean, yeah, you, I don't know what play call, like how, how much differently some things he can do when his receivers just can't get open. Like, what are you supposed to do? So I'm with you guys. Could he be doing some things better? Uh, absolutely, I'm sure. Um, but I'm not like fire him, get rid of him. I, I mean, I was talking to sources preseason. I remember sitting down and be like, Hey, what do you guys think about Jared Parker? And it's like, he's a dude, like he's a really good offensive play caller. Like he's going to have a great year. Um, and, uh, it hasn't been great here lately, but like, that's, I think it's just tough. like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a tough spot.
1: I, I made this reference. I think maybe with Tyler and on my show tonight, when we were talking about this, But schematics is something that an offensive coordinator can use to beat, for example, what we're talking about, teams loading the box on on the Irish. And I go back to the Tennessee game this weekend with Milton at quarterback. The offensive coordinator or head coach who calls the plays got their best wide receiver. I think his name is Squirrel White lined up on the Alabama outside linebacker. And there was no safety help because I think they flushed out that side of the field. So it was the speedy Tennessee guy against the outside linebacker who won that battle. It was a a great catch, but it was a touchdown because of schematically the offensive coordinator put his team in a position to beat a weakness of the defense. And that's just a small example of a veteran play caller who can line up his team in a way that puts – the defense in a rollable spot. That's also something that can probably grow over time with a coordinator.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. Like I said, I don't think he's doing a, hes doing far from a perfect job. But just like n- knowing college football, like and and like being able to—I like to think—have some objectivity and put some of the passion of just fandom away on this subject. Like it's 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 just hard to be too critical of a coordinator. And your point there. I would argue, and again, that was a very specific example. Yeah, that Alabama screwed up more having a, the letting that happen than you know. But okay.
1: that's um, fair. That's anyways. fair. Can I can I leave you with this on this subject? Please. If you get bored one night, could you put this up in one of your chat poll questions that you just you just mentioned at the start of the show? Ask this, knowing what we know about the Ohio State Notre Dame game now. If Tommy Reese was the offensive coordinator that night, does Notre Dame win, or is the outcome the same? Just for your misery, I'd love for you to do that.
0: You have access to our board, don't you? Yes. Why don't you throw it up there? want me to swallow the poison pill. Hey, man, I I, I ain't doing that. You can. You can go through it. (laughs) Odds are Parker's calling plays next year. Uh, ND Nation, thanks for the super chat. Um, I think so, too. You think he is? He said he asked for odds. Odds that Parker is calling plays. I would say, I, am I, I, I just,
1: again, based on what we went through last off season, and I mean Freeman has been with this guy, knows him well. I, I mean, if they go ten and two, it's going to be awfully hard to Marcus Freeman to go to his bosses and say we need to make a change. I mean that would be a a Big bold move that means you're saying we can win the national title if we make a change at offensive coordinator. Because going 10 and 2, that's going to be awfully hard, yeah. I would think, to make an argument. You know what I'm saying? To go to your boss and say, let's make a change.
0: Yeah, got an interesting super chat from uh, Andrew Gilmore. Always thoughtful comments from him. He says, Mike, does experience him not matter to be an offensive coordinator? Oh, of course it does. Yeah. yeah, of course it does. But like I say about the quarterback position, Experience. Oh, it's it's very nice to have. But at the end of the day, you can have all the experience in the world and be a backup. Josh McCown played in the NFL for twenty five years or something. That's. A, I mean, he's still a second, third string guy. I mean, you you play the most talented guy. That's why Bryce Young just comes into the NFL. He's says you know day one starter. A lot of you know. So that that's kind of where I'm at with that. Experience is very nice. Obviously, the whole first-time play caller thing on Jared Parker. I I need to dig back into that and, and, and really look because, I, I, I don't know. Like, what, what really did he do at West Virginia? I need to look into that. But it's
1: – Yeah, it's very
0: – Very what?
1: It's very – It just unclear. seems like from game to game and possession to possession. Yeah. <laughs> His right. role changed. It was very odd.
0: Yeah. So – some success somewhere, Andrew says. What if a reporter took a key job at Blue and Gold but never wrote a successful column? We just hired Jack Sobel fresh out of college. Hmm. Jack is fantastic. Awesome. Absolutely, We love Jack because we interviewed Jack. We got to know Jack. You know, read some of his stuff in the college. he fan We love them. Hired Jack, yeah. Yeah. Hell, hired me. You know? just covering Oregon state in Colorado. And uh, here I am. So uh, I didn't have any experience in, in Notre Dame. I had experience in, in in reporting, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not at this level Notre Dame. level. so, you know, and, and then you learn it's, it's about like Freeman worked with the guy. He trusted him. He hired him. We'll see if it works out. Uh, but you know, fair, fair, super chat. Um, good question. Good comments as always it wasn't his first choice yeah. was not his first choice be fair to everybody else but... yeah me wasn't um i accidentally popped a comment on the stream did not not mean to do that but uh yeah um andrew says good answer mike See, you know sometimes i come up here and, and and start talking and i don't know where it's going and i feel like man i'm going to get some some hate comments for that <laughs> but i'm uh, glad, glad to hear listen i know that my jared parker comments are not not popular, but um, I don't care. I'm going to say what I think. And I just have a problem criticizing coordinators too much. Now, I will say, when I'm watching my Miami Dolphins, fire him, fire him. I was off the tuba train. Like, I, I'm there with you guys. Um, but Notre Dame, you know, I, I like to try to remove that as much as I can. So uh singer singer has to be diplomatic what? you know not particularly uh I don't have to be definitely um this is just really how i feel um, Sure so, What's that Sure, wasn't talking about Goolsby Right Um <laughs> i um yeah i i i have takes on things all the time i i was off i was off the Buckner bandwagon fairly early um yes you were yeah i am still to be determined on uh, my thoughts on jared parker like some good some bad just kind of waiting like i don't know how much blame the blame game is it it can be difficult to um to assign for me um so well, if something's out of his control
1: i just ask all the people that who have these great opinions on parker whether they agree with us or not and I hate – I know a lot of people hate hypotheticals. But if Will Fuller's at wide receiver on this football team, do you think they're throwing the ball deep down the field successfully? Probs, yeah. Is Jared
0: Parker's job a little easier? Yeah. 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 And then you bring up your point earlier about, you know, scheming guys open and stuff like that. That's Maybe we do better there. So – Again, it's almost as this. This is not a black and white discussion, you know. It's almost like there's a lot of different. So it's an interesting conversation. It's fascinating, and I'm glad we got to have it today, Darren.
1: And Marcus, in his press conferences, continues to say he has no issue with play calling. It's execution. I think if we took a bottle of truth serum and had him take a sip, I think he would say there's a lot of things in a lot of areas that need
0: to get better to get to where we want to go. I have. I have. This is my last thought before we sign off okay. to today's show. The press conferences, there's good stuff in there, absolutely. But when reporters ask things like some of these questions, like "What do you expect Freeman to say?" Like, you can't really call out individuals in that role. Like, what do you? Like uh, Jared Parker called a crappy game. Like, do you guys remember Davo this past weekend called out Cade Klubnik? Right. He was like, this was a, he didn't really call him out, but it wasn't a good look when he was like, that was not his own re or that was not a, a an option for K to pull it. He did. um, Like, I don't like that. Like you, you, you just kind of say, uh, you know, we didn't execute it and you, you handle that stuff internally. So maybe Parker or excuse me, Freeman does have big issues with Parker. Maybe but generally speaking, you know, he's just going to kind of uh, assign blame to a group or himself. It, it, when you single people out publicly, why I'll ask you this, Darren, why would Marcus Freeman publicly assign blame someone? What does that, what good does that cause? You know, it, it causes, or it makes Joe Schmo and an Akron happy. Like, hell yeah. That, that, that go get a Marcus. Like what? What what, what does that accomplish? Making some guy feel happy? It just doesn't, I don't, I think it does more harm than good. So that's kind of my thought on press conferences. There can be good stuff in there, but when it comes to blame, these coaches are going to give coach speak and there's not really a whole lot to read into it.
1: And I know someone just asked or mentioned in the comments that reporters should be controversial with the coaches. Number one, I'd like for all of you that think that way, grab a microphone Get a media pass and see if it's as easy as you think it is. Because if you attack him, put yourself in the coach's shoes. Would you trust that reporter with any type of information down the line? Because your job is to uncover stories from time to time. And let's face it, there are coaches who give info out. And you're probably not going to be one of those individuals that gets any scoops. And plus you're going to lose the trust of that coach and you're probably going to affect the rest of the media group who try to ask questions. He's going to get defensive. In fact, your, your guy, Tyler Horka, he started Monday's press conference. You've talked about, you have no issue with play calling. You went through self-scouting. Did you change your mind? I'm paraphrasing. I think that's a hell of a question. He gave him a chance to say, you know what? I reviewed it. and I think the play calling needs to be better. I think execution, but no, he stayed with his answer he felt like things need to be clarified so they execute better. What the heck's wrong with that? I think that's a pretty yeah. good question. Yeah. What is he supposed to say? Marcus, I think you're an idiot for saying that.
0: No. He gave yeah, him Tyler.
1: a fair chance to answer the question. So what else are you supposed to ask in that spot? Yeah.
0: No, Tyler does a really good job of asking fair questions. Um, like the uh, – Tyler was the one who asked Freeman about the 10-man thing after Ohio yeah. State games. That I, I was – I'm like 90% sure that was Tyler. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can ask. The media brings it. They ask good, fair, critical questions. You know, Tim O'Malley, isn't he usually asking Freeman about Red Soap Blake Hall, or something? That's why Freeman kind of yeah. turned, turned it on or whatever that, it was. But when Marcus uh,
1: went for it on fourth down with 10 minutes to go in the Louisville game, down by what, 13 points, or whatever it was. And he said it was a percentage decision that he made. The media asked him why he did that. So I think that's a pretty good job. What are they supposed to say? Marcus, I think that was a dumb decision. Why'd you do that? No, they asked it diplomatically. You just don't attack coaches. What good does that do, Mike? You're not going to get a good answer. Plus, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. We don't have to all be Russo in New York City, just screaming at the top of our heads and yelling. We don't have to do that. We can have normal conversations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What else do you want to yell about, Darren? What else you, What else is getting you passionate tonight? Oh, gosh,
1: I don't know. How the Cardinals
0: yeah,
1: done? Yeah, well, all of our former players are doing great in the World Series, getting ready for the World Series now. But there you go. no, just got Hockey Thursday and Friday and Pittsburgh on Saturday. We can wave at Phil Dracovic and, you know, have a great day. We didn't even talk
0: about Pitt tonight, yeah. so – uh, Sibo yeah,
1: Flemister man's playing good football. Good for him, man. He good, was a good, good kid. got his degree, and he had you a great the, game against Wake Forest.
0: Like, if you're going to transfer out, like Sibo Flemister is the, the the prototype. Like, get your degree, go play football elsewhere. Yeah, and then you have the opposite in Phil Dracovic and what not to do. Um, so yeah, leave as an undergrad and talk trash on your way out. So. <laughs> i love it so was so that like very it. diplomatic by the way okay anyways we're gonna Not sign fair. off there darren appreciate it. you got about two hours notice um that you were doing tonight's show uh in about three and a half minutes to prepare so um i appreciate your time yeah. tonight and for folks watching on youtube listen via podcast we really appreciate you all as well hope um you either learned something or enjoyed the show whatever it is hope that you took something away from this um and yeah guys we appreciate you guys um for tuning in we're gonna sign off there appreciate y'all for watching and as always we will catch you next time